Amen. Let me get some water. Tonight, I uh, have a message for you. I titled, In the Image of Christ. In the Image of Christ. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 49, As we have borne the image of the man of the dust. As we have borne the image of the man of the dust. We shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. We shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. You know what it means to bear the image of the man of the dust. It's a lot of pain with that. A lot of heartache. A lot of difficulties. But God, when he sent Jesus to the earth, he meant to rescue us from that state into a different state, a different image. That's the image of the man from heaven. So there was a man from heaven and there was a man of the earth. You were born again by the Spirit of God, born from above. And so we must take on the image of the heavenly man. You know, God has given us some gifts from heaven. The Bible says when Jesus rose from the dead, he went up to heaven. First he went into the deep, came back up, went to heaven, and then he gave gifts to men. And in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning from verse 11, he said, And he himself, that's Jesus himself, gave some to be apostles. These are gifts. Some people were given to mankind to be apostles. Some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers for the equipping of the saints. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. So now, when you are born again, you are in ministry. You're not just to go to church. That's what, where most Christians miss it. They think the pastor is in, in the ministry. When you are born again, you are given pastors, evangelists, apostles, prophets, To equip you. Because you have a ministry. There is a ministry God is giving to every one of you. That's why Jesus said, you did not choose me. I chose you and I ordained you. Where Jesus has already ordained you for the work of the ministry. So every one of you that I'm looking at tonight, you have a work in the ministry of Jesus Christ. You are a minister of the gospel. You are not just a Christian that goes to church and you pray sometimes and you read your Bible sometimes and you try to grow. No, you are a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit has been given to you to do the work of the ministry. You are a minister. 
You know, some uh, lay people can do much more than pastors. Amen. They can accomplish more for God than pastors. Why? Because they recognize from the time they were born again that God has called them into the ministry. Every one of you, regardless of what you do, that's just what you do out there to make some money, to help yourself, to support God's work. That's just to help you do the work of the ministry that God's called you into. These people were sent by God, chosen by God to equip you. So every time you come to church, you're thinking, please equip me. Amen. Give me something to make me a better minister. Most people want to come behind here. They think this is the part where the ministry. No, the ministry is out there. The pastor is not always around people who are not saved. Hello. You out there with them. Your pulpit is right there with you. They don't come behind this. Set your pulpit over there and give them the work of the ministry. God has called you into the work of the ministry. He says for the edifying of this body of Christ. The word edifying means the education of the body of Christ. Those ministers, the body of Christ, that's you and I. Their job is to enlighten. Edifying means to enlighten us about what? The body of Christ. Who we are in Christ. And what we can do in Him. What we are in Him. That's what this is all about. If they don't show us that, then they are not doing the job. So their job is to both equip us and to edify us for the work of the ministry. Look at the purpose. Till we all come to the unity of faith. Till we all, they continue to do their jobs until we all fully understand and we have been fully equipped and we understand and we have the unity of faith and of the knowledge, keyword, and of the knowledge of the Son of God. So we have unity of faith and then we also must have knowledge of the Son of God. The question is, didn't I have any knowledge before I got saved? But we're looking for a fullness to be enlightened. That's why Paul says, I never cease to pray for you that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. Knowledge again, that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened, edified. That you may know the hope of your calling. So every one of you has been called. You are called by God. Chosen by God. To do the work of the ministry. You know, well, I don't feel chosen. <laughs> that has nothing to do with what you feel. God has chosen you. If you believe in Christ, that was God that handpicked you. Jesus said, no man comes to me except the heavenly father draws him. When you see them, they are not walking with God. Maybe they haven't heard from the father. Because Jesus said, everyone who hears from the father comes to me. And everyone who comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. So if you have come and you receive Christ, 
The Father handpicked you. Don't ask me how that works. I don't know. But you are special to the Father for His work. And He wants to equip you. He wants you to come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of His Son. To be enlightened in who Christ really is. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. To a perfect man. When we come to that knowledge of Him, that's where perfection comes. The word is there. I didn't put it there. God says to a perfect man, notice, he's not talking about you individually. He's talking about the whole church becoming a perfect man. A perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The image of his son. The stature of his son. The whole purpose is for the church to come together and reflect his son. Have the image of the son. I'll come to why that's so important to God. To have that fullness. Notice the stature of the fullness of Christ. To a perfect man. That's what he's saying. You know, it's something that happened. I was talking to my wife. I asked her a question. I was trying to trick her. But she caught me real good. (laughs) She got me good and I had nowhere to go. But, but, But you know, the Bible tells us this. That God created the heavens and the earth. And then I'll read this to you here from Genesis chapter 2, beginning from verse 1. Those the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. Everything, the host of everything, everything that God, God was, they were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work. Which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. You know, the Bible says just through the word, God's holding everything by the word of his power. He didn't have to bother about that anymore. Right? But then Jesus shocks us. When when he healed the man in John chapter 5 by the pool, and they were talking to him, he said to them, My father has been working. My father has been from way back there. I thought we said he rested. My father has been working. Until now. Even while I'm speaking to you, he's working. You think you have your Sabbath rest, but God's still working. My father has been working until now, and I have been working. I have been working. So, question is, what is he working on? What is he working on? What is God working on? 
The salvation of man. Just what we read. To come to the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's what God's working in your life and in my life. Cleansing us and making us, changing us from glory to glory till we get there. And everything that's wrong in your life, he points them to you through his ministers. This wrong, this sin is deadly. Get away from it. Get to God. He wants you to come to the fullness of the stature of Christ. That's what God's working for, working on. That's his project. You are God's project. God's working. I mean, he's not the type of work where you say, I need vacation. No, he doesn't need vacation. He doesn't need to take a break. He's been working, going after it. And you are his project. You are his project. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 says, For we are God's fellow workers. We are God's fellow workers. In other words, God has given you the privilege of working with him. It's a privilege. We are God's fellow workers. Amen. We are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are the project. And yet you are working with him. You are the project. You are God's field. You are God's building. So God's building something. And you are it. So if you're working with God, don't you want to find out uh, God, what part of the building are you doing working on so I can help you? Hello? Don't you know exactly what he's doing? Don't you want to know exactly what the project is? And how he plans to go around it? Don't you want to know? So you can assist him in the project. You are his field. You are his building. No builder wants to build and build a crappy building. Right? Every builder wants to build a pretty builder, a building that's good. Now use the word here, you guys are looking. <laughs> Everyone wants to build something beautiful. And God wants to build a beautiful building. And God's asking you, work with me. Work with me. God's building a house. He wants us to have the image of God himself. That's the project. And we must offer ourselves working with him. Listen to in verse 11. I'm going to go to verse 11. He says, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which he laid, which is Jesus Christ. 
So the foundation is Jesus Christ. And you are the building. The foundation can be different from the building. The foundation is Christ. There is no other foundation. The foundation is Jesus Christ himself. You have to be sure that your foundation is in Christ. Paul says, no, you can't build any other foundation. This foundation is in Christ. God's the one building, and God wants to build you. And believe me, if you don't give him, you are assisting him. Many of us are not giving God what he really needs to, to build us up. Oh, yes. There are tools that God is giving to us to, to assist him to build this thing. Prayer is one. Another one is get away from filthy stuff. You can't give God something that he doesn't like and expect him to build a beautiful house for you. Build you. He can't do that. That's why the Bible says come out from among them and be separate. Because God's building the building. And he needs good material with which to build. And he has chosen you and you have it. You know, I said on Sunday, you have what it takes. It's in your house. You give it to him and he builds the building. You are assisting him. And you are the project. He wants to build us up. No other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid. That's Jesus Christ. He is the foundation. I am the vine and you are the branches. But you can't change the vine. You can't say, well, that's the, just the vine. But the other one is just the branch. No. The measure of the stature of Christ. That's who God wants me to be. That's the project, and I must submit myself. I must do whatever it takes. And then go back to this thing. What about your prayer life? That is very important. What about Bible study? Not for those of you that are here tonight. Talk to them, those that are at home. Yeah, yeah. But what about Bible study? Do you really have the hunger? Are you cooperating with Him? Are you compromising in certain areas of your life? You've justified it. Well, you know, I was talking to Irene, but we heard this in the conference we went. This is an amazing. Have you known the, the parable of the uh, ten virgins? Parable of the ten virgins? And I heard it and I thought, oh my God. That's, that's, I hope that was just a parable. And wasn't prophetic. Just a parable. Because if it is prophetic, meaning is going to happen. Think about it. If Jesus, just like he said in Matthew 25, this is what's going to happen. Two people will be walking up the hill. One will be taken and the other left. That was not a parable. That will happen. And I'm thinking, God, will to God that that parable of the ten virgins is just a parable. Because if it's not a parable, half of the church is not going to make it. Half of people who go to church, they won't see heaven. They won't. It's ten, ten virgins, right? Five foolish, five wise, five compromising, doing all crazy stuff, giving Jesus all kinds of filthy stuff to build their temple. 
it's not going to happen. 50%. And I'm saying, that's tough. I want to be on the other side. This is serious business. He caused God the life of his son. And that's the life of his eternal son. You start and you finish. You start and you finish. You don't start and quit halfway. You start the race, the building. Jesus said, if you don't count the cost, remember that? And you build the building and then it's not finished. Then people begin to say, he started to build. You know what building is talking about? You. You are his project. You are the project. You run the race till it's finished. It's hard to run when you're having all kinds of load on your back. You won't make it. You won't cross the finish line. You got to get rid of some stuff. You got to get rid of some stuff. You can't just say, well, Jesus died for me. No, he caused him. There was a lot of pain just to make me. And I have to go with him. I have to do what is right. And I got nothing to prove to anybody. I just have to please the master. Because he's building. And what he wants is the image of Christ in you. And that's why he was able to say, before he went to the cross, knowing what he was going to make you, later he said to us, you are the light of the world. Because you are just like him. We'll come into that. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. He was saying that because to God, the past, the present, and the future, he sees all at once. He sees all at once. He knows there is no past for God. He's, he refuses to forget. He forgets. But the past, the present, and the future, he sees everything at once. They're right in front of him. He can see everything. So he can say, this is what's going to be. You are the salt of the earth. He was the salt of the earth. There was the man of the dust. Now we have the man from heaven. And God has recreated. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. You carry the image of the one, of the dust. God says now, because it's not by force, God says by choice, now you can have the image of the one from heaven, the man from heaven. You know, I tell you why. It says in Genesis chapter 1, then God said, let us make man. Again, here comes the word image. Right? That was God's original intent. And God doesn't change. He is the same person. He meant what he said, and that's exactly what he wants. He hasn't changed his mind. Hello? God has not changed his mind. He wants you to have his likeness. His image. Let us make man in our image. 
according, in other words, just according to our likeness. That's God's desire. That's what God wants. That's his project. From the beginning, that's his project. He knew the project was going to be messed up, but he had another plan to fix it so that what he wanted is done. I am his project. You are his project. We are like clay in his hands. You have to be willing for him to mold you. You have to. If you keep fighting, the finished product is not going to be beautiful. God says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And guess, guess what God really wants? Let them have dominion. When you have the likeness of God, you have dominion. If you can have the likeness of God expressed in your life and Satan sees you, he says, here comes trouble. Because you look just like him. And this God, you can't win a battle against him, fighting against him. There is no way you win. He said, that's what he wants. Whenever you come into his image and you come into his likeness, you have dominion. That's exactly what God wanted. Dominion for you and I. Not the world riding us. And the world dictating to us what our future should be. The word of God tells us who we are. That's what it is. That's what God wants for every one of us. And that's what we must believe. Because believing and acting on the word is making ourselves malleable before God so he can mold us. And make us exactly what he wants us to be. We have to have the desire. We have to want this thing to be. Because God forces no one. He's whosoever will. I have to desire it. I have to cry out to God. I don't feel this way. Remember what it says. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they shall be filled. What kind of righteousness you are talking about. We want to have his image. That was God's original intent. We had the image of the man from the dust. Now we have to have the image of the man from heaven. That's God's original intent. The image. The image. The image. And he says, they have to have dominion over everything that was on the earth. That was the earth. God had dominion over everything up there. And then he left every dominion for Adam here. You rule the earth. And everything that creeps on the earth. And Satan was also creeping on the earth. So he was a creep. He was right here. And God told him to have every, uh, dominion over everything that creeps on the earth. And we have, through Christ... When we truly receive him, that dominion, and it's the work that God's begin to do in us. And we're going to talk about that. From glory to glory. You know, there is the word righteousness, and then there is the word sanctification. 
when you were born again, you were made righteous. You didn't do anything. You just received Christ. But then there is the process of sanctification where God begins to take you and to mold you until you have the image of his son. And you have to be willing. That's where you submit yourself to the word. Because it says, as you look at the mirror, we'll come into that. As you look at the mirror, you have been transformed, right? That's the whole thing. That's what God wants. The more you stay in God's word, the more you love the word of God, the more you want to hear about God, the more you are transformed. And what kind of transformation? Back to the image for dominion. For dominion. For dominion. The Bible tells us that Jesus, no wonder he has so much dominion. <laughs> I've never seen any pastor who just take it on himself. I want to go across Lake Michigan and I'm going to walk across it. Okay? <laughs> I mean, Jesus just decided, you guys go, how come we meet you guys? No pastor is going to think that way. <laughs> we don't think in terms of that. He says, Pastor, you, 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 what did you say? You don't want to get in the boat? You're going to come after us walking across this lake? Are you sure you are in your right mind? But if the Holy Spirit whispers that to you, and you see that's what God wants, and you are in the statue, there's no big deal. No big deal. You can do it. Jesus was the express, that's what the Bible says. He had dominion. In Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, it says, Who being the brightness of his glory. Jesus was the brightness of God's glory. And we are to be the brightness of Jesus' glory. Right? He was the brightness of God's glory, the express image. As a man, he was the express image of his person. In other words, you know, I was thinking this afternoon, why do we use the word carbon copy? Because of the way we used to write and then you have a carbon copy. I said, that's a silly word for today. Okay? It's a color photocopy. Okay? <laughs> Colored photo. That's what we are. That's what we have today. It's color. It looks exactly like what you're seeing. The black and white you can't release. The carbon copy doesn't, sometimes you can't see it very well. But what God wants, when they see you, they see him. They see him in you. That's what God wants. A photocopy. Colored photocopy. If you, if you will have it. Of his person. That's what he's saying. He is the express image of his person. That's why Jesus could say, say to Philip, why are you asking to see God? 
I have been with you so long, Philip, and you don't know me. Don't you recognize if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Why? Because he was the express image. And you couldn't kill him until his time. It always says the time was not yet. He just walks walks through them and he's gone. He was the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had, so this is Jesus now. He's, even while he was on earth, let me read the scripture. And Jesus said, no one has seen God at any time except the Father, the Son, who is in heaven. And I said, no, you are not in heaven, you are on the earth. Have you read that? Check it. Check it. Jesus said that. No one has seen the Father at any time. Except the son who is in heaven. But he was standing on the earth speaking. Oh, no guys, no, nobody's noticed that? Well, we'll check it out. Okay? He didn't say who was in heaven. The express image of his person. Let me put it this way. Did you know the Ephesians says we are seated with him? Where? On the earth? So we don't really believe that? Look at these unbelieving believers. <laughs> We're seated with him. In the heavenlies. And he who is from above, he's above all. We have to learn who we are in Christ. Amen? We have to learn who we are in Christ. Everything under our feet. And we look just like him. You can't separate a man's head from his body, right? And the church is the body of Christ. He says, oh, that's Angela's head. But the rest of it is his body. Today, the body doesn't really look like Angela. But how do you know that? He's the same person. The vine and the branches. The same. It's just that God, please give us wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So we get to know who this God really is. Because once our eyes are open, there are certain things we will not tolerate anymore. Oh yes. We just will not tolerate them. No, 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 no. That's what it means. And you shall know the truth. And we won't tolerate it. And Satan knows to say, okay. Bye, I'm not dealing with you anymore. Until we come to that person. He himself, he upholds all things with the word of his power. That's another thing. If you look like him, your words should have power to, right? He's upholding everything. In the universe today, the stars, everything. I mean, as far as your eyes, they are being held by the word of God. The words that came out from Jesus. Who is our Savior. And he lives in us. And the Bible says, in that day you will know that I am in the Father. And you in me. And I in you. So if Jesus is living in you, you are part of Jesus. Amen. We are part of Jesus. Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 
He is the image. Again, we'll come back to the word image. He is the image of the invisible God. You can't see God, but when you see Jesus, you see God. He is the image, just like God did when he created Adam. He created Adam in the image of God. But Adam fell. And from his fall, he became just dust. The part of him that was God died. The day he ate that fruit. The part of Adam that was God died. So he became what he was originally built from, just the earth. He became a man from the dust. But now, when the Holy Spirit comes into us, because that's how Adam, Adam became a living soul, when God had that, his breath on him. So now, when the Holy Spirit comes up, comes into our lives. That's why I want everybody who is a Christian be filled with the Holy Spirit. Get baptized with the Holy Spirit. I don't care what people are saying about speaking in tongues. Why should I not? God gave my brother here. Why should I be left out? That's a supernatural language. I don't want to be left out from that. I have to have, if you are not hungry for God, that's your business. I want everything God has available for me. I want it. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. That he has preeminence. He is higher than the created beings. He is. His stature is over everything that was created. For by him are all things, by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, this is important, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. It doesn't matter what's out there. They all came from Jesus who lives in me. And if I can take on his image, all of those things come under. Because they are just things to him. They come under. I'm going to continue with this message next week. uh, Because I want to talk about God's purpose. In this becoming the, uh, uh, getting into the image of the Father. God's purpose. And the process. God's purpose, the same title, but God's purpose and the process. How God wants to get this done in us. Amen. So stand up, stand up. We got time. Would you please lift your hands up to the Lord tonight? And ask him, just pray that efficient prayer that God will give you that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That's one reason why we should pray in the Holy Spirit. Because as you pray in the Holy Spirit, God begins to open your eyes to see things. You pray and God gives you revelation. And the more you know, the freer you get. 
I thank God for all of you that I see here tonight. Because I can tell you are hungry for God's word. And it's only God's word that can change a man. You can change yourself. It's the seed. When God sows that seed in you, the seed will yield eternal life. The life of God in you. Until you get to the image. Thank God for all those of you that are here tonight. We pray. Pray for those that are without. That God will give them that heart. That they want to be in God's presence. And hear his word. That's what Mary chose. Mary and Martha. Mary, Jesus said, she chose the best. These other things don't mean anything. To sit at God's feet. And hear his words. Will transform you. Even when you are not aware. That you have been transformed. We're talking about that next week. You are being transformed into his image from glory to glory. He is the builder. We just assist him by making ourselves available. Father God, I want to thank you tonight. Thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for utterance according to your word. I know that you are doing things in your people right now because they heard your word. And your word cannot return to you void. If there's anything evil that's come upon their lives, those things must vacate their lives right now in the name of Jesus. Those things must leave because we are sons and daughters of the living God. And you are at work in our lives. We are grateful, Father, that we have come to know you by your grace. And we are saved by your grace through faith. Thank you. I bless your children tonight. Let this night be a wonderful night for every one of them in their sleep. Let them have visions of heaven. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you.